And if you can take care of your responsibilities in the classroom, we're going to give back some of that time to you during Genius Hour. And I explain it to teachers this way. You know, imagine going to a conference and they hand you your itinerary and they tell you exactly what session you have to go to for the entire conference. That's not a lot of fun. Teachers like choice, adults like choice, so that when we go to a conference, I'm getting ready to go to Philadelphia for the Title I conference in a couple of days. You get to go in and choose the sessions you go to that interest you, that meet the needs that I have personally for myself and the building. And to me, that's what Genius Hour does. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Today, I'm excited to have on Bobby McCutcheon. He is a principal in Independence, Missouri. And one thing I really love is the fact that he is a principal that believes in the 20% time, Genius Hour, whatever you want to call it. Uh, He believes in empowering his teachers because he wants to give his students and teachers choice. Too often times I hear from teachers that say, I want to try these things, I want to pursue innovation, but our superintendent or principal won't let us. And sometimes I hear from principals and superintendents that say, hey, I want to do these things and our teachers don't want to take these risks. I think Bobby is one of those leaders that's going to talk to you about uh, the balance of both and uh, also empowering our students, which is the most important thing. So I know you're going to love this one. Also, towards the end, he gives all of his contact information, so I strongly recommend that you reach out to him. All right, so without further ado, Bobby McCutcheon. All right, so now I'm joined by Bobby McCutcheon. I'm excited because Mr. McCutcheon is a principal who uh, really supports the Genius Hour movement. He is a principal in Independence, Missouri at Randall Elementary. Mr. McCutcheon, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, Don, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure to talk to you tonight. Uh, well, I'm excited. So we've, we've featured uh, some teachers that are doing it, and, and obviously they have uh, support from their principal, mm-hmm. superintendent, um, but I'm not going to lie. I've, I've gone to a lot of uh, conferences here recently, and, and I present on you know, having, giving up time for innovation in the classroom is, I think, one of the fixes. And so I was at a conference not too long ago and in front of almost 3,000 people. And mm-hmm. boy, I got told on the way out, boy, that was great. Like, awesome. What are you guys doing at your school? Well, we can't. Right. Like, why not? Well, man, the state. Right. You know, or superintendent. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like there was a lot of bucks being passed. And the thing is, like, I understand. Like, I, I, I truly do. So I wanted to kind of um, get your perspective. And that's why I'm excited. Like, you, you know, for the record, again, you're not, a, you're not the teacher. You're, you're in charge of the teachers. Yeah. So what is it about the Genius Hour movement that you gravitated to? And, and then obviously you've stuck with. Um, so I'll, just, I'll, I'll kick it off with that. What, what, draw you, what drew you into the Genius Hour movement? Yeah, so really a lot of the credit goes to my librarian. When I first came to Randall three years ago, she approached me about Genius Hour and and talked to me about some of the benefits behind it. And, you know, obviously we we value math and reading and writing and and science and all of those components as well. But really Genius Hour for, for me and for us is really an opportunity for our kids to kind of see beyond our own neighborhood, our own small little neck of the world. And and to expose them to some things that are uh, out there for them. You know, we serve a, a you know, pretty high free and reduced lunch population. We, we serve a lot of kids that come from uh, crisis and trauma. And for them to have an experience like this is really powerful. And I think it goes back to really establishing kind of that, that love for learning that, that will carry kids through. And, and so it was important for us. We felt like 
it was it was valuable enough that we could sacrifice some instructional time within the classroom to do it. And I think it's been a really powerful tool for our building. So talk to me about it. So when I hear people say sacrifice some instructional time, like it just, like I get both sides of it. And, and, and sure. to be, to be fair, I've was dealing with the school not too long ago and boy, were they proud of their whole innovation movement and they were, you know, they were all of a sudden putting a focus on it and then scores went down a little bit mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden parents freaked out. Now the funny sure. thing is, and I've done some podcasts here recently that, and I'm, and I come across almost, I'm going to try not to use the word angry, but like, I, like every time I talk to parents, I'm like, Oh, what do you think about the test? Oh, you should never teach the test. Right. Testing does testing doesn't really mean much. Oh, that's just kids memorizing things short term. And all of a sudden, like if their son or daughter's school scores go down, Oh, what is the school doing wrong? Exactly. Like, well, wait, 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 wait. You, you just said that you just said that the test wasn't that important. Yeah. Well, uh, our school used to be rated an A and now it's a B. I'm like, well, but it's a rated to be because this, you know, I, I, I find that so fundamentally difficult because, I mean, here's the reality. If you quit, like just flat out giving them test tips, mm-hmm. which is not for the benefit of the child, it's for the mm-hmm. benefit of the school ranking. Sure. If you stop doing that, by definition, scores are going to go down a little bit. So I keep asking parents, what do you want? Compliance mm-hmm. or innovation? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for us, it really comes down to what are those 21st century skills that kids need to have and need to have to be successful in 10 years from now, because those are those are the jobs that we're preparing kids for. And for me, Genius Hour uh, really provides high levels of critical thinking, problem solving, high levels of student engagement. I mean, those are all the things that we ask teachers to do every single day in the classroom. And here is here is something that can help provide that. Um, you know, and, and not to mention research skills. There's a lot of other components of Genius Hour that I think, uh, in a way, sure, it's not directly uh, affecting your test scores. But if kids are doing those things on a regular basis, and I think there's a real opportunity for kids to show improvement on on tests and anything else that we need kids to demonstrate their their knowledge on. So to me, it's a really powerful uh, piece of what we've been doing at Randall. Yeah, well, what I'm excited is, is like, in in several ways, um, you guys are, are ground level for then spreading it to middle school and high school. You know, I, I've, I've seen several high schools, like, you know, they try to do this stuff. And, and, and obviously, you know, this, like, to get kids to do things differently after they've been properly schooled, so mm-hmm. to speak, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, as a second grader, if you're like, hey, part of your school week is genius hour, it seems, well, first of all, it is, it's natural. Sure. Like it is, it is what education is supposed to be learning yeah. the things that you have to and learning the things that you want to or hand in hand. So I just love the fact that, you know, as a school, you're embracing it. But when you said it, the origin story was kind of with your librarian, mm-hmm. tell me about how that kind of blossomed out from the library. Yeah, absolutely. So she came to me and we, you know, at first she kind of mentioned the 20% time and we talked about Google and some of the things that uh, that they were doing to give uh, their employees some choice during the week. And it sounded like a really powerful idea to me. You know, I always start each genius hour cycle with a visit to each classroom. And I have a presentation that I do to the kids. And we talk about what it means to be a genius and are you a genius? And uh, to me, I mean, that is what it boils down to having some choice to what you do. I tell kids all the time, you know, when you come into the classroom in the morning, your teacher has prepared lessons for you. She's got your whole day planned. And if you can take care of your responsibilities in the classroom, we're going to give back some of that time to you during Genius Hour. 
And I explain it to teachers this way, you know, imagine going to a conference and they hand you your itinerary and they tell you exactly what session you have to go to for the entire conference. That's not a lot of fun. Teachers like choice, adults like choice, so that when we go to a conference, I'm getting ready to go to Philadelphia for the Title I conference in a couple of days. You get to go in and choose the sessions you go to that interest you, that meet the needs that I have personally for myself and the building. And to me, that's what Genius Hour does. We know the importance of, of all the core curriculum, but we also know the importance of kids being able to identify their passion, see what's important to them, and to really pursue that. And so that's really how that blossomed for us, just those initial conversations. Um, you know, we actually book studied your book. That was extremely helpful for us um, in, in guiding us through that process and kind of those initial planning stages of putting this together. Um, we had the opportunity then to go with a group of teachers within our district to a neighboring district, and we visited a couple of, of schools there that were kind of really deep into the Genius Hour makerspace movement, and we were able to see that. And then just coming back and, you know, rolling up our sleeves, digging in, and, and just doing it. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of trial and error, and it's changed a lot since when we first started, but yeah. it continues to be a really uh, powerful thing for us. Well, what I love hearing is, is that the acknowledgement of, you know, I'm sure it's, it's, it's always a little messy, you sure. know, when, when you're like, and, 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 and everybody's kind of journey has been a little different, but, you know, a, a lot of the guiding principles are still there. And, and thank you, by the way, for saying the book was helpful. I appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. But, but I've been like, and honestly, to be 100% transparent, that's the reason why I, I wrote it is because mm -hmm. like we had a really high level of success eventually, mm -hmm. but that book was the first couple of years of, boy, sure. this is, this is more difficult than I expected. Yeah. Um, but, but make no mistake about it, obviously, like just hearing you say, you know, that it's been a fun journey and, and, um, you know, the reality is that you, you, you guys value it. Now, let me, let's, let's also be transparent. So I'm assuming at your school, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not doing this to be catty or mean, but right. I'm assuming the parents are already supportive and therefore your state scores must be decent already. Well, I mean, you know, there is always a room for improvement in our state scores as there are in most buildings, you know, like I said, we, we, we do our best to, to teach those core subjects. We, are certainly not at the top of our district. We're not even at the middle of our district of our 19 elementary schools. So parents have been very supportive of, of the entire process. And I think they understand uh, the investment in time for us and, right. and, and, and giving kids that opportunity. You know, I serve a lot of parents who uh, they really want better for their kids than they have for themselves. And I think they see this as a pathway towards that, that, you know, my kid can and, and will do something uh, great with their life, and and this is really a kind of the start of that journey for a lot of uh, a lot of our students. That fills my heart, I, and 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 let me probably also guess why the parents support it because they see they see what their kids are doing sure. that that they're driven by. I I, I worked with one school, and uh, um, one thing they just lo I love they did is they collected data, which mm -hmm. like is awesome. Yeah, and um, they they surveyed. It was it was like. There's like four different homerooms. I think it was, it was around 115 kids. Mm -hmm. And they had like seven things listed on what was your favorite thing in the year. 100% put Genius Hour. Yeah, that's terrific. And they said, and then the teacher said, you know, the funny part is 
when there was like a day off or they had a snow day or what, like, um, when are we going to make up our genius hour? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that was like their time. And, and what, it, what I just love is at, at the elementary level, this seems logical. And what I'm hoping is all of a sudden now those kids go into middle school and then the middle school administrators think, and we hear all these stories yeah. and we see all the evidence of all these great things going on man, maybe we should, should do that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I have, as a matter of fact, I, I, that's one thing that I like getting in a dialogue with, with middle school administrators mm-hmm. or teachers, uh, because a lot of schools and middle schools are teamed. And so when people say, well, I can't, and in middle school is, it's a different beast. I get it. Sure. But yeah. when they say, well, I can't afford 30 minutes on a Friday. I'm like, right. can you afford it once a month? Mm-hmm. Can you share it with your science teacher, social studies teacher, whatever? So I, I, Getting that support at the elementary level is is awesome, and and I dig it. Okay, yeah. so give me give me some give me some cool stories. Um, yeah, some sure. of the things you're just like you couldn't believe your students did. Yeah, so one really cool project that uh, I have a student doing right now. So this is a fifth grade student. He's been in our building for two years, and he you know in the past has struggled some with some uh, behavior issues and academic issues. He has really latched onto Genius Hour this year, so. He wants to be a canine police officer. And so working through one of our building secretaries, she had a connection with our local police department and happened to know a canine officer. And so we were able to bring him in two weeks ago and he was able to sit down, interview the uh, canine police officer. He's really interested in how they train the dogs. And so we're bringing the officer back here in about two weeks here at the end of February. And the student and the officer are going to lead a school-wide assembly. And the student is essentially going to show the kids how they train police dogs. And what is really kind of cool about this is the student made the comment that, you know, I've known that I wanted to be a police officer or I thought I wanted to be a police officer. And now I know that I'm going to be a police officer. And and it's just kind of that, you know, the flip the switch, the light bulb goes on type of moment where you're like, this is why we do this. Because here's a kid who very easily could, you know, not really, uh, you know, he's not uh, a a super great student. He's probably doesn't love learning about science and and reading and writing every day, but he loves this. And it is enough to keep him engaged in the classroom. And I have had conversations with this student over the last week or two. If he has an issue in class, I will very quickly pull up that police officer's name and say, what would he think right now if he heard what you just said or, or saw what you were doing? And he absolutely will. It, it absolutely gets him back on track. He's like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good. So that's, that's been a really neat story. I've got, uh, I've got some kids now that are, have teamed up with our, our local high school, one of our local high schools. They're going to put on what we're calling a sports lab. And that's coming up here at the beginning of March. So what they've done is essentially the kids have done all the work on contacting the coaches and arranging this, they're going to do a soccer and a football camp on a Saturday morning. It's going to be free. We know a lot of our kids, they can't pay the money to go out to a camp and, and uh, travel across town to go to a football clinic. So we're going to bring it to them. And so we're going to have a sports lab where we're inviting kids in the neighborhood to come out. The high school sending over uh, some high schoolers as well as the, the varsity coaches. And they're going to put on a two-hour sports clinic for us that morning for free. And one and three of my kids really are kind of working in tandem to, to, to set this up. So, I mean, it's just some really amazing, cool projects have 
have come out of this. We have kids that love to dance, that have choreographed dances. Um, we have some girls putting a, they're calling it a stuff drive. So nothing in particular, but anything you want to donate, we're going to take from you and we're going to help distribute that to people that need it. And wow. it's, just, it, it, it's just really, it's heartwarming. It is amazing. Uh, the compassion a lot of the kids have and the creativity and Genius Hour really brings that out with kids. And, and oh, absolutely. unfortunately, we don't give kids an outlet for that in a lot of other cases at school. And, you know, passion and creativity are some of the most important things that the kids have. And well, and the, oh my gosh, I'm hearing community involvement. I'm hearing mentorship. Yeah. I'm hearing, you know, social bonds. I mean, I, like, I, it warms my heart to hear that because, yeah. and, and, and man, they're doing it the right way. And like, you, you, and what you just told me, like finding outside experts. Um, yes. that, that is one thing I'm really passionate about because I, yeah. I, I roll my eyes when I hear people bemoan the fact like, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Okay, sure. let's start knowing people. Right. Uh, let's build those communities. And, and for that matter, I guarantee you, um, and, and of course, like you, not that you get a yes out of everybody you ask. I understand that some people mm -hmm. say no, but like, right. I'm sure the police officer was elated. Yeah, of course yeah. I want to. Of course I want to help a, 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 yeah. a youngster out. Um, yeah. the, the football camp. Yeah, um, I'm sure that. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll. You know, it may not be as well organized on year one, but I have a sure. sneaky suspicion it'll probably go on for year two and three. And right. what a what a neat right. legacy if that happens for these students that came out of it. Like we started this from our classroom. So, yeah. um, absolutely. And 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 of course that momentum brings more momentum, and that's the one of the things I, I have to say. And I'm not trying to bring it back to my class, but mm -hmm. like now that this class has gone on long enough, mm -hmm. there is kind of a pressure to like outdo what the year sure. before did. Yeah, the bar is set high. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, what, what like your average like does does Genius Hour start what grade? I mean, do you have first grade teachers doing it, or is it start around third, fourth? What do you what do you guys got? Yeah, so when we started this a couple of years ago, we started with grades three, four, and five, and we stuck with that for two years, and this year brought a number of changes to our building, including the implementation of Project Lead the Way, and so we, we kind of revamped Genius Hour this year for us, and we, we essentially do it as an after-school club, and we kind of narrowed our focus to fourth and fifth graders. Part of that was a logistical thing. We just, you know, as an after-school club, I had fewer people able to supervise and so I needed to have a little more manageable number of students and so we started with around 20 or so students we wanted to cap around 20 or 25 of our fourth and fifth graders uh, but it's really allowed us to kind of dig in and and really come up with some really amazing projects like I mentioned um, this year you know I, I don't think that um, first grade would be too early to start I mean kids are passionate about things at a young age um, it would certainly look a little bit different I think at those younger age levels but I really find third, fourth, and fifth just as a nice pocket. Those kids do really well with it. They are um, proficient enough with the technology that they can do the research, they can draft an email and those types of things. And so third, fourth, and fifth seems to be kind of a nice sweet spot to really get this rolling with kids. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt the same way. I mean, I, I've, I've seen some people do genius hour first, second grade and, and mm -hmm. uh, like hats off. Sure. Um, but yeah. statist statistically, um, students start, start to, you know, wane a little bit in their love of, of school in third yes. grade. And so I thought, boy, what a, what a great, yeah. what a great solution. And, and uh, yeah, I've, I, I think that's, I think it's accurate to start at third grade, but again, not that I'd stop anybody, you know, that wanted to do it at kindergarten first, second. Sure. Um, 
so moving forward, uh, have you, and, and I know that you're, you know, you're not going to talk ill on anybody, but mm-hmm. has this convinced some more teachers like, you know, in year two, just like, oh, you know, I think I'll try this. Or is it, or is it kind of remained the same teachers that, you know, wanted to, to chip in and help out on the after school? Yeah, really. I've had uh, the, kind of the same teachers uh, working with this and, and, and dealing with it. I think what is kind of neat, I have had other buildings in our district reach out to me and ask me about Genius Hour. And I know we have a couple other buildings in the district starting to roll this out within their own, their, their own buildings. And so that's really been kind of neat to see as well. And, and quite honestly, one of the you know, most meaningful things for me has been I, I've kind of mentored and helped guide a, a fellow principal in, in a neighboring school district who heard me speak at a conference. I was just going to think that, yeah. yeah. And, and that is the coolest thing. And, and what's been neat about it, too, is, you know, it's been, you know, it's a very organic process. And it does look different at each building and each district. And, you know, their genius hour looks a lot different than ours. But we were still able to help provide resources and help troubleshoot things. And, and it's neat to see it grow and spread, but absolutely our teachers have really bought in and and latched onto it. It's been really, it's really neat to see. Can I, can I offer a suggestion? Yeah, absolutely. As some of your kids leave the school, Mm -hmm. man, beg for them to come back in a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we got this genius hour thing. Remember those things you guys did? You guys were so great. Man, if you guys could come in here and show the ropes, because I, I mean, I tell you, or I've even, um, I've even suggested before that sometimes the fifth graders can take a field trip to the third grade hallway. Yeah, yeah. Kind sure. of show them, like, hey, yeah, this thing called Genius Hour, we've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Uh, that mentoring thing is, is, is amazing. So now, oh, wow. Um, yeah. So in, in your, like, what other community, like, have, other than the football thing, have you guys started looking at other community partners and outreach? Well, probably the the next best thing that we've done uh, like that is probably the uh, clothing donations that we're doing with the local uh, uh, clothing shelter, the the clothes closet that is next door. And so kids uh, bringing in some items. We've had kids uh, partner with a local animal shelter as well. We had kids that were really interested the first year we did it in, um, you know, kind of animals and preventing animal cruelty and that sort of thing. And so they were able to contact some people at the local animal shelter, but it certainly is something that we really value that community partnership and something that we'll, we really want to continue to grow as this expands within our building. Um, I think that's an important piece of it for sure. Yeah. I've seen that several times where um, a lot of times the, the de facto thing to go to, or as a starter project is, is usually mm-hmm. community service. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, a lot of times the animal shelter is, um, I, I, I hate to say the word easy cause it sounds cheap, but like, right. it's, it's an easy thing to do. Like, like they're always in need of food or of supplies. And, and it's just a great way. Cause I mean, what kid doesn't love dogs or cats? Sure. So that, that's always a, a good one. Um, some of the other more like successful starter projects you've seen. And, and mm-hmm. cause I, I'm assuming like they didn't swing for the fences, like the, 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 you know, young man who formed the partnership with the police officers, right? Like some starter pro like, so right now there's a principal out there listening and going, okay, okay, okay. If I wanted to start this small scale and, and you know, doing it after school is also a, a pretty unique thing. Mm-hmm. If, if there's a principal out there listening right now and he's like, okay, I want to start this small scale. Tell mm-hmm. me what to do. Yeah. So one thing that we did that is kind of unique, and I think this is a, a good uh, kind of guide for someone that is just starting this out is, we actually kind of created academies within our genius hour. 
And so this really helped to focus the project and to give kids some ideas. And so we created the STEM Academy, uh, what we call the Spark Academy and a Service Academy. And so this really played a role a couple of different ways. First of all, it helped kids, um, you know, kind of select and narrow down their topics. Te teachers play a huge role in that because you're going to have kids come to you and say, I want to do basketball for genius hour. Okay, well, basketball is a huge topic. And I, and I like to explain it to my teachers. It's kind of like a, a dissertation or a thesis, right? You have to take a, a broad topic and narrow it down. And that's how we become geniuses. And, and that's what I tell my kids. It's hard to be a genius in basketball, you know, all that there is that encompasses basketball. But maybe you're really interested in how they do inbounds plays or how they design the uniforms um, or any other, you know, it's kind of very unique component of basketball. Now, you can become a genius in that specific uh, kind of niche. And so what we do then is we take those students and we put them into an academy together, meaning that they're just going to a similar classroom. So my kids, when we were doing this during the school day, they didn't have genius hour with their classroom teacher necessarily. They might go to a different classroom with other kids that are doing like-minded projects. So my thought was really this, if you have a classroom full of kids that are all working on service projects, you know, somehow tied to the community, then there's gonna be some overlap with their research. So I might be researching something with animal shelters. Um, you might be researching something about uh, grooming and taking care of pets. Well, there's gonna be some overlap. So we can share our information and research so it really kind of creates this neat collaboration between students. And it just really, it allowed the teacher too then to narrow her focus on what kind of projects she was managing with the students. And so that's been a really powerful um, component of Genius Hour for us. And what I would tell new principals looking to, to do that, if you're, if you're going to go that route, it really is just a matter of sitting down and planning out the sessions and the days and then just starting and just going. Um, really like anything, you just have to kind of get into it and start doing it. Uh, once kids have their ideas and projects narrowed down, um, it really is just kind of takes off on its own at that point. And, you know, we use a number of different things and tools to kind of help kids pick their topics. We've kind of done kind of like the March Madness style brackets where we'll have kids list their interests and then kind of you know, uh, weed those things down to maybe one uh, of their favorite topics, but there's any number of things that you can use. But the academy model for us at the elementary level was uh, really kind of a unique component, I think, to our building. And I think it was really a, a great approach to doing it, at least uh, initially as we started with it. So you said that, you know, that when they're on their way and they're being successful, you, you at the beginning of the show, you said, you know, there's obviously some bumps along the way. Mm -hmm. Here's my last now you're talking to another principal again, um, mm -hmm. walk them through. Cause uh, like sometimes they have these <laughs> grandiose thoughts that, Hey, we're going to open up genius hour and it's going to work wonderfully and, and everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, give some suggestions or warnings when you run into those first bumps, like what are some of the commonalities you've seen and, and how did you guys adjust? Yeah, I think, you know, probably one hurdle is, it's not enough when you're talking with third and fourth and fifth graders to just think that their passion will guide them through the project. We wanted this to be, we want the project to be their, their choice, their selection, but we really learned pretty quickly that we had to really scaffold these sessions for them so that they had a purpose coming into genius hour each day. And what we really did was create a covenant and say, here are some things that you are going to do every single genius hour session. And 
you're going to learn something that you didn't know before. You're going to collaborate with your peers. And we, we listed a number of these things. But really, we, we learned that you did have to scaffold it and provide some direction for kids. You know, what we, what we saw early on where kids were kind of eventually coming to their topic after a session or two with their teacher's help. But then we were just kind of spending some time Googling images of whatever it was we were talking about. And, and we weren't necessarily progressing towards any kind of end goal or project or presentation. And so, again, what we, want, what we wound up doing was sitting down with all of the teachers and support staff that helped support Genius Hour. And we run a nine-week cycle, so basically a quarter of, of a school year. And so we went down and we would basically map out each Genius Hour session and give kids kind of a general idea of what they should be doing. And then making sure that we have those checkpoints along the way to say, all right, we are four weeks in. This is kind of where you need to be. We're, we're six weeks in. This is where you need to be so that kids were ready to, to present at the end of those nine-week cycles. You know, we have had some projects, too, that they don't necessarily fit into that nine-week schedule, so they may carry over to the, the next uh, cycle of Genius Hour that we do. And that's absolutely okay. Or if a kid has started a project and, and they want to continue on for the entire next cycle, that's okay too. But I would just uh, kind of caution uh, principals looking at this that, you know, like anything, it requires some planning. We want it to be natural and kid-driven, um, but it does require some, some scaffolding and support there as well. That's just solid advice. Uh, matter of fact, I'm, I'm sitting there trying to think, okay, what else could I add? That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I'm hoping that both teachers and principals uh, are listening to this and uh, hope they reach out to you. And I'm going to have you get up all your information here at the end. But I, again, wanted to commend you for the fact that um, it takes great leadership to open the door for innovation in the classroom. Because I, again, I, I hear time and time again, well, I would, but my principal won't let me. Yeah. And of course, you obviously have to go up that chain of command too. Obviously, sure. your superintendent supports this. So I I, yeah. I love it. I, I give kudos to your entire school corporation then yeah, um, for you. allowing you to do this. And then, and then, you know, the schools that are also in the area that, man, I'm just hoping they'll say, can we take a peek under that hood? Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, start sharing what you do. I think it's so important. Okay. So without further ado, all this, all this knowledge drop you just did, people are like, okay, I want to get a hold of this guy. Tell yeah. everybody where they can find you. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter. I, I tweet a lot. And so I've got two Twitter accounts. You can follow our school account, which is at Randall Bears. So R-A-N-D-A-L-L Bears. And my personal account is at Fight the number four, and then Mizzou. I'm a proud Mizzou alum, M-I-Z-Z-O-U, go Tigers. So you can definitely catch me on Twitter there. And my email address is Bobby, with a Y, underscore, McCutcheon, my last name, M-C-C-U-T-C-H-E-O-N, at isdschools.org. That's independent school district, so isdschools.org. And absolutely feel free to reach out to me. I'm always uh, very happy to help in any way I can. Bobby, it has been a pleasure. I hope that people do reach out to you because you guys are doing it right. And uh, man, I uh, when you're going to have to give me a call here soon. Uh, I want to hear I want to hear from some of your kids and and yeah. talk to some of your teachers and see what's going on because I just absolutely I love it, love it, love it. And uh, honestly, uh, tell that nice police officer that uh, he's 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 awesome. Love yeah, we'll that. do. We'll do. All right, there we go. Bobby McCutcheon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. 
All right, there you go. You heard the man. He gave you all of his contact information. Now go out there and reach out to him. Again, if you're a parent, I really love this. If you're a superintendent or principal, I strongly recommend uh, giving this a second listen. And also the way we grow is uh, the people that are sharing this. It is like gold to us. So I'm hoping we can make an impact with more educators. Also, the way we're finding some of these great educators and principals is that we are getting recommendations on our Facebook page or emails. You can go to facebook.com slash startedup, or you can always email me, don at startedupinnovation.com. Your recommendations and you passing along this podcast is like gold to us. All right. Other than that, this is Don Wetrick reminding you again that opportunities are everywhere. We'll see you.